Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road, and I want to wish everyone in the audience a blessed, blessed Resurrection Sunday. What a wonderful time of year it is when our Savior went to the cross and to the grave for us and then arose three days later to wash our sins away. So it's just a blessed, blessed time of year. And I want to thank you uh, for joining me over this on Farm Machinery Digest Radio over this very holy weekend. And as you know, we all get together here in the farm shop every Saturday at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern. And then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. And if you miss an episode or want to listen to it again, just go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and click on the tab FMD Radio, and you could listen to the whole show in its entirety as a podcast anytime and any place that you want. So please use that as a resource. And what I need to do is I need to give a couple of shout-outs before we get going today. And because I got two, I was blessed with two pins in my map this week. And one was from Mr. Eric Urschel, and he is in from Huntington, Indiana, and or the, uh, around Huntington, Indiana, not the town itself, but the outskirts. He farms there, and I go through there quite often when I go out west, because I take two twenty-four to twenty-four and go right through Huntington. So I'm quasi familiar with that neck of the woods, and I want to thank you for that pin. And then another pin was given to me. Uh, from Mr. John Arts, and he's up in Chilliwack, British Columbia, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous area. The British Columbia region is just gorgeous. Some of the Lord's finest handiwork is there. And uh, he listens on Sirius, and I believe he listens on the podcast also. So I want to thank you so much, Mr. Arts. He's been a long-time listener, and he's communicated with me before, but he we had communicated prior to uh, me doing the contest for the hot rod farmer license plate and talking about the hot rod farmer license plate we have two winners we have two winners every week <clears throat> we have mr russell Orr from grayside missouri and then mr keith stearns who hangs his hat in alpine texas and also sometimes in north pine creek oregon so mr orr and mr stearns russell and keith i need for you to please reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and let me know where you want me to mail your winning hot rod farmer license plate to you all right so uh, please you need to do that otherwise you can't get the license plate <clears throat> And let me see what else I wanted to tell you is that on my, uh, I do another podcast uh, called On the Road with Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. And I feature people that are passionate about either what I say, farming or firing orders. So it has to be one or the other. You don't have to be famous. You just have to be passionate about either agriculture or machinery engines. And I just, to make it sound you know catchy, I said firing orders, but it doesn't necessarily have to be engines. It could be just machinery uh, in general. But I, I'm gonna be recording in the next week or two an upcoming episode. So I want all you hot rod farmers to know about it. And my guest is going to be Mr. Matt Hagen. 
And if you're a drag racer, then that name that name is very familiar to you. Matt is a farmer. He farms down in Virginia. I think he runs close to 4,000 acres, but I'm not sure I'll find out when I have him on my show, uh, On the Road. It's going to be On the Road to Matt Hagen. It's on my website and every podcast hosting site, along with my Idle Chatter show. But he's also a three-time NHRA funny car three-time world champion funny car driver so he truly is i mean i call myself the hot rod farmer but he really is the hot rod farmer so i will let you know when that episode is up and it's going to be uh i'm going to enjoy it's that show is not an interview it's a conversation between two people that are passionate about something and with matt it's going to be my passion and his passion for drag racing and engines that and also both of our passion for farming so i'm sure that you will enjoy it very very much and on today's episode another listener mr ken bailey from montana he sent me a note and he's putting back into use an old ford 8n tractor and he wanted to ask me about some oils and what to do with the gasoline and what have you and i thought that was a great great subject and not just with an 8n tractor but having older equipment on the farm and when it comes to oils and gasolines what you should do so listen sit pat during the short break and remember agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability Marvel podcasts are now on the Sirius XM app, including Marvel's Voices. Hi, I'm Anjali Groshe, host of Marvel's Voices. I'm so excited because I get to talk to incredible storytellers from the Marvel Universe, like Method Man. I just love the X-Men, man. It was just something about it. This show is the go-to place for diverse perspective. We are trying to tell stories that we wanted to see. Hear Marvel's Voices before anywhere else without having to leave the Sirius XM app. Free for most subscribers. Download it today and tap podcasts. Spring is a perfect time to introduce kids to the outdoors. I'm Scott Linden, and we're out and about on the track to wildlife watching. Warmer weather, breeding, migration, animals are more active this time of year, and while they may be elusive, their tracks aren't. It's easy to create a perfect canvas for them in the soft earth in your yard or on the trail. The lacework of rodent footprints, bird feet, and maybe even a coyote paw are all easy to read. They make an exciting introduction to wildlife watching, too. Smooth a 4x4 patch of bare dirt, drop a piece of bacon in the middle, and come back the next morning. Kids, you're now on the path to family outdoor adventure. We're made possible by Happy Jack, 76 years of dog remedies available at tractor supply rural is the roots of our nation serious xm's rural radio western sports country music comedians it's an attitude the rural lifestyle in the ag industry it's not just farming we've got everything from hunting fishing and conservation horses and horse training of news weather and the commodity markets serious xm it doesn't matter where you are in north america it's always there they'll have it in their trucks in their combines in their tractors to hear serious xm's rural radio activate your radio now call 844-711-8800 or head to SiriusXM.com slash go to sign up quickly Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax. And in today's episode, as I said in the opening segment, that we're going to be discussing the oil 
engine oil and gasoline for older engines. And, it is, and the impetus for this particular show today was from a listener uh, out in Montana, Ken Bailey. And uh, he's going to be, as I said, putting an older Ford 8N tractor into use. And he said he drove one as a kid. And we have a 9N here on the farm. So um, I drove that. But my, I, well, I, I guess I was a kid when I drove that also. But the first tractor I ever drove as a little little kid could could not reach the pedals i had to sit on the edge of the seat my mother used to get so mad at my father and she said i was going to get killed on there but thank god that didn't happen and it was a it was a hot oliver row crop 70 hot paw tricycle so that was a, with a continental engine in it it's a big six-cylinder continental engine and you know in retrospect i don't even know how i got up on that tractor because uh, it was up so high and i was so little i think my father had a milk crate there for me to get up on it and and actually drove it i mean it wasn't i that i was just going on it just to sit on it as soon as i could drive we reached the pedals my father um, taught me how to how to drive it and i would help him in the field with it and uh so it was great great memories great times and uh I don't know whether a lot of the young people today will have those memories, but who knows? I guess they'll have different memories. Those are my memories. But anyway, to get back to this, the thing is that when you put, and I don't want this just to be about an eight-in tractor. What this is going to be about an older engine, an older tractor, an older truck, an older irrigation engine on the farm that you're going to put back into use. And the thing is that the two key components that you have to be concerned with are the oil and the gasoline because we're discussing gasoline engines today and not diesels. And I did a show about this, with, and it had a different twist on it a while back, probably about a year ago, because this show is now just a little bit more than, not quite a year and a half old, so maybe 15, 16 months old. And, uh, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to, touch on those same topics but i'm going to address them in a different in a different way so that you could have a better story of what is going on here and a better understanding well the fact of the matter is just like the world nothing is the same today there are things i shouldn't say that there are things that are the same today the sun still rises in the east sets in the west a crop still goes in the ground and germinates and grows the same way a baby is still born the same way but other than that things that are man-made are not the same as they were so first we have to establish that when you're running an older engine and i don't care what it's in uh you the the gasoline that you're going to put in and the engine oil you're going to put in is nowhere near the same chemical composition as it was when that engine or that piece of equipment was made so let's just get that right right off the bat no matter what so if you buy an engine oil and it says for antique engines or from older engines or for for muscle cars that is still not this exact same oil formulation that was when that engine was built whether it was built in the 60s the 50s the 40s whenever it was or the 70s so everything changes and matter of fact even if you were to look at engine oils what the standards were four or five years ago are now different so this is always is a moving target but what happens is that the industry does their best to make make oils what they call backward compatible and you've probably all heard that term so if they come out with a new transmission fluid or a new uh, engine oil or a new formulation is they do their best to make it backward compatible now obviously they can't go backward compatible all the way uh you know 150 years 
But the dynamics, when you're looking at an oil, I'm going to start there first, obviously, because I'm talking about that already. But when you look at an oil, the dynamics of what an oil needs to do inside an engine has not changed. So even though the formulations have changed, the chemical composition has changed, but the fact of the matter is it still needs to lubricate the engine and also act as a coolant. And it needs to be able to keep the metal parts, the bearing, I should say, the, the bearing away from the journal on the crankshaft and the rod. And that's what's called the oil wedge theory, or some people call it the oil film theory. So it's a very thin layer of oil that is separating those two pieces, the bearings, the bearing on the rods and the mains, and uh, from the crankshaft, from the main and from the rod journals. So that is so that's its purpose, and the oil also acts as a coolant. Now there's other chemicals or or components. We don't like to say chemicals, right? It's not politically correct, but components that you put in the oil that's going to be an anti-foaming agent, a detergent, something to would make it more um, benign to moisture, and all these other aspects. And that's what you end up buying when you're buying an engine oil. Uh, then it's, it's the base oil with all of these components in it and brand specific components so the thing is that i would not worry about putting a modern oil in an older engine the only thing that i would be concerned with that i probably would not want to go with a synthetic not that i don't like synthetic oils but contrary to what the industry will say is that the seals inside an engine, whether it's a rear main seal, a front crankshaft seal, or even gaskets, they they swell up from the oil and they have a certain swell rate. And every oil has a certain swell rate, swell rate to it. And that's why I don't like to mix brands of oil <clears throat> because they'll have a certain, I mean, within reason, they meet an API SAE a specification which is api american petroleum institute and sae uh which is society of automotive engineers specification but just like when you look at corn seed you look in the catalog there's all different genetics right it's still going to make an ear of corn it's still going to make kernels but there's all different genetics and this one this one has protection for this and this one it takes you know 90 days this one's 120 days so the same thing happens with oils with engine oils they have these standards and they're broad-based and they meet that standard but how they particularly get there and the and the components the chemical components they put in little could could vary to get to the same spot so that is why i don't personally like to mix oils some people do it and have no problem but i have found over the years if you mix brands of oils that at oh that you have you have a run a greater risk risk of having an oil leak or some seepage now about synthetic oils the process to synthesize which i've said on the show before to make these oil synthetic which starts out with a petroleum oil it just goes through a synthesis process a process to uh to change its molecular structure is that the molecular structure is more uniform and it is smaller so you have a better surface area to go on to the bearing because you have all these little 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 molecules of oils that are big odd shaped molecules so in synthetic oil it's a it's it's very very uniform and because of its uniformity and because of its smaller particles it tends to want to find a leak uh, and, and also you may have a different swell rate so i would try to stick with a mineral oil or a synthetic blend oil today because 
it's very hard to find a pure mineral oil anymore. A lot of companies are going to a synthetic blend, which is a blend of synthetic oil and mineral oil, and that's going to be fine. So I would not go crazy with the oil in an older farm tractor, older truck engine. A lot of people from the hobby, uh, muscle car hobby and race engines talk about ZDDP, which is basically it's it's a zinc with a whole bunch of other additives for to protect the valve train the the interface of the lifter with the camshaft the whole key to zddp was zinc in the oil is that when you run with a lot of valve spring pressure and a very aggressive cam low file profile the pressure on the on the lifter and the lobe is very great on a farm tractor an old grain truck an old irrigation pump they're not it's not going to have a lot of spring pressure and it's not going to have a very aggressive camshaft and what i mean by aggressive is the rate that the valve lifter open works against the lobe so the steepness of the lobe so just like you're going down the highway you could have a one percent grade or a five percent grade so a performance style camshaft has a very aggressive ramp and the ramp meaning so like a steep hill on the highway is that it's going to open up the lifter very quickly in a minimum well, i should say open up the lifter move the lifter very quickly to open up the valve in a minimum amount of crankshaft rotational degrees so that is where the zinc additive comes into play so to put closure to this you could go and use an antique car oil or an antique tractor oil i would be more concerned with the weight of the oil the viscosity so i would probably go with a 1040 oil on an older engine simply because the bearing clearances are wider and they were designed around those wider bearing clearances if you wanted to go with a 1030 that's fine but i probably on 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 this 8n or anything like it i'd probably go with a 1040 oil and uh you'll be 100 percent fine with that it ran for 60 years with that so now as we move quickly on to gasoline what's going to happen is that it's uh, the, the oil the oil thing isn't easy you decide what oil you want you pour it in it and away you go all right the gasoline you have to realize as i said in the beginning that the gas that gasoline today is completely different than what it was years ago i mean is this other than it combusts there's nothing really much more about it other than it comes from crude oil and today in most parts of the country we have what's called rfg which is reformulated gasoline that does not mean that it has ethanol in it a lot of people confuse that that it has that it has to have ethanol if it's RFG. It's not. Basically, then again, the chemical components that make it a suitable fuel have been modified to make it burn cleaner, and we'll leave it at that. All right. So that's RFG gasoline. The thing basically is is that what you need to the take home message here when you're running an older engine on modern gasoline, whether it's E10 or E0 or E15, is that the specific gravity of the gasoline today is going to be different than it was back when that engine was made, all right? So that means that you're going to have to tweak the carburetor. It doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna have to go inside and rejet it, but you may have to change the float level and raise the float level up a, a slight bit, a 64th of an inch, because the gasoline is heavier than it was years ago and you need to pull it over. Whenever you put ethanol in gasoline, it's gonna get heavier. All right, but the important thing here is that you basically have to throw the specifications away for ignition timing. So if you have that tractor and it says that old whatever grain truck, it says six degrees of timing because the amount of spark advance an engine wants 
And the spark advance curve is predicated upon the burn speed of the fuel. And today's fuel is going to have a completely different burn speed than it did when that engine was built. So back in whatever, 19, whatever it was, <clears throat> they determined that it should have six degrees of advance. Well, you may need four degrees, you may need 12 degrees now. And the thing where people leave a lot of performance and i mean just performance drivability power with an older gasoline engine is they only set the base timing they do not plot a complete spark advance curve which means you may have to recurve the distributor change the springs into the weights some distributors have a stop in them for you to move for the weights like this but that's what you need you need to you need to basically set the float level maybe higher see how it is all right you'll need to have your mixture adjusted properly but most importantly you're going to have to take the specifications for the ignition timing and there'll be a starting point but throw them out the window and try two degrees two degrees more advanced two degrees less advanced see how it runs and then you'll find that sweet spot for the burn characteristics of today's fuel and that is going to be very very important so and once you do that you're not really going to have to worry about it so for example if you were to look at <clears throat> like e0 today supposedly has a, a specific gravity of 0 0.735 e10 has 0 0.745 and E15 has 0.758. So the more ethanol you put in there, the heavier the fuel gets, and it's going to be harder for the carburetor to pull over from the idle circuit into the main metering circuit, and that's why you want to help it by raising the float a slight amount, 64th of an inch, whatever, makes a world, world of difference. So that is all you really need to do. Find the oil you want, pour it in there, forget about it, tune the engine and way to go and that old grain truck or that old tractor is going to work just like it did 50 60 years ago all right so and uh it's nothing more to that but just be, you have to be a chef you have to tweak everything not a cook all right and then you'll be running it'll be running like a baby It's the inaugural Cowboy Channel Rookie Roundup presented by Resistol from the historic Cowtown Coliseum, April 29th and 30th. The top 15 rookies in each event compete for $100,000 in prize money. Get your tickets now at CowtownColiseum.com. It's a chance to see the superstars of tomorrow today. Cowboys like Riley Webb and Statler Wright, just to name a few. Don't miss the inaugural Cowboy Channel Rookie Roundup, April 29th and 30th. Get your tickets at Cowtown Coliseum today. Hi, this is Red Stegall. I want you to join me every Saturday morning at 7 o'clock Eastern, and together we'll explore the life of the American cowboy through his poetry and his music on Cowboy Corner Collections. These are shows that we've recorded and aired over the past two decades, including the music and poetry of our friends as well as myself and the boys in the bunkhouse. With stories by America's great storytellers, join me as we ride through the West on Cowboy Corner Collections, Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio. Unpredictable is about the only way to describe how spring 2022 is shaping up to be. We talk about being prepared for what Mother Nature has in toll for us. We spotlight a possible RV pit stop alternative when on the road and have outdoor news and updates. This is Beck with the Bend. Join as we go through those stories and more this Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here, Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. 
Hi, this is Rob Keck from Bass Pro Shops, the leader in the great outdoors. Join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern for Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Join us every Saturday as we answer the call, that call to preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, presented by Bass Pro Shops, only on Rural Radio and the Sirius XM app. Your adventure starts right here. Welcome back to the show. And if you have any questions on what we discussed, just feel free to reach out to me with an email at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com. And now Tex Rubinowitz is back, the hot rod man from Ripsaw Records. And he's going to sing before we do the under the sheet metal segment. Come on in, Tex. Alrighty, Tex, thanks so much. All right, and under the sheet metal, we're going to be talking about emissions. Both gasoline and diesel fuel are hydrocarbon based, they contain hydrogen and carbon. When burned, the byproducts of the combustion process are called emissions. When discussing an internal combustion engine, the major emissions of concern are hydrocarbons, which is defined as unburned fuel carbon monoxide which is partially burned fuel oxides of nitrogen and that is a pollutant created through pressure heat and exposure time in the combustion chamber and sometimes it's referred to as nitrogen oxides which is not correct and particulate matter which is soot found in the exhaust a gasoline engine by nature of the fuel and its combustion process predominantly creates co carbon monoxide and a lesser amount of the other three in contrast diesel exhaust is very biased towards oxides of nitrogen and particulate matter thus the tier 4 program is mainly focused on oxides of nitrogen and pm with less concern for co and hc PM, particulate matter, is the visible black smoke we see from a diesel exhaust, while oxides of nitrogen is invisible. The slow flame speed and high cylinder pressure in a diesel is responsible for the elevated rate of oxides of nitrogen, as determined by the Zeldovich equation. If either the cylinder pressure, heat, or flame speed are altered correctly, the resulting effect will be a reduction in oxides of nitrogen. The methods to control emissions can be qualified as either in-cylinder or after-treatment. The first describes those that are internal to the engine, such as the combustion chamber shape and design, the camshaft profile, and the method used to inject fuel and exhaust gas recirculation. After-treatments are any process or device that are exposed to the exhaust gas after it leaves the engine, such as a diesel oxidation catalyst, a diesel particulate filter, selective catalytic reduction, or a catalytic converter on a gasoline engine. So that is what the story is with emissions. And so keep in mind, as we were saying in the main part of the show today, is that the reformulated gasoline is designed so that the engine 
produces less emissions, and that is working in conjunction with those emission control elements. So I want to thank you so much for, for, for tuning in today. I want to wish you all again a blessed, blessed Easter, and uh, I, will see, I will not see you. I will get with you next week and know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. So get those old engines running good, all right? There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to. Take care. Bye-bye. The Texas Circuit is heating up in the PRCA as we are well underway with the San Angelo Stock Show and Rodeo. Join us Monday through Friday for Western Sports Roundup, 3 in the West, 6 in the East, as we recap all the action from San Angelo thus far. And then tune in Wednesday through Saturday as we continue live coverage from San Angelo, Texas at 8 p.m. Eastern. Tune in this week to Rule Radio Channel 147 and listen anytime on the SXM app. In 4-H, we believe talent is everywhere, but opportunity is not. And the gap this is creating between our kids is only getting wider. There are many causes, but it mostly comes down to race, what their parents earn, and where they live. This can mean less investment in schools, in after-school programs, and in community services. It's all made worse by unequal access to education, technology, healthy foods, and the mentors who inspire our young people. The recent pandemic has pushed some kids even further behind. It's time we provide opportunities for all our kids. It's time to invest in their potential so they can help our communities and our country thrive. Not in the future, right now. We believe nothing should hold a kid back. And if we all pull together, nothing will. Visit 4-H.org today and join us. Hey, this is Jimmy Stir. Let's get together every Saturday night. It's for the Saturday Night Polka Party right here on Rural Radio. Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. They repeat that same show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So join me and all of your friends for the Saturday Night Polka Party on Rural Radio Channel 147. Hi, this is Bob Phillips, Texas Country Reporter. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio on Sirius XM Channel 147.